0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: When I moved into my place by myself, I probably spent the first few weeks in a tank top and underwear (laughs) until it got a little bit colder, and then I put socks on.
2: (laughs) This is Death, Sex, and Money. The a show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. I'm Anna Sale. Back in 2014, I asked for your stories about living alone. For Jen Shelbo in Brooklyn, who was 36 at the time, living by herself meant not always wearing pants.
3: It is really awesome to um, sit around your own apartment in as little clothes as you like to wear.
2: That's just one of the perks that you told me about. Cooking the things I want to eat, um, playing the music that only I enjoy listening to.
4: Dancing around my living room to R-E-S-P-E-C-T.
5: Countless minutes of no interruptions.
4: Books stacked in a certain way on my shelf.
5: It is definitely a freedom that I've
6: not had
2: ever. More and more Americans are living alone. The number has tripled since 1970. More than a quarter of American households are home to just one person. So there are a lot of people having this experience. Right now, many of us are feeling isolated due to the pandemic. If you live by yourself, that might be hitting you even harder. And from what you told us back in 2014, it's clear that the way we feel about living alone can be complicated. Everyone always said how important it was and how it'll be a great time in my life. Um, But I just haven't figured out why that is just yet. So we thought this would be a good time to revisit this episode about living alone. I hope you enjoy listening.
1: You know, whenever you're little and you're wearing your mom's shoes, Mm -hmm. like, it felt like that. Ashley Ward moved
2: to L.A. last year and got a place of her own. She's 30, and it's the first time she's lived by herself
1: you don't fill out the shoe or the apartment at all, but, like, here you are pretending like you do. (laughs) Clomping Um, around in in shoes that are too big for you. Exactly. Um, And it feels a little bit better now. I mean, I think that I'll feel um, a lot better once I get a couch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You wrote in in a line that really stuck out to me was you said no one thinks it's normal for a 30-year-old professional woman to be able to live alone.
1: Yeah, that's been the most bizarre thing. What do you mean? There's just a weird sort of, whoa, really? Instead of like a, yeah, cool. Is that because that means that you have a certain amount of money? I think so. Um, It is very expensive to live in LA. Um, It says how much you make without saying how much you make. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that that's definitely something that makes people feel inadequate, I guess.
2: How how has it changed? You're you're single? Yes. Has it changed your dating life living alone? Like one of the drawbacks of having roommates is your dating life is on display to other people in your apartment that's not the case when you live alone
1: no no I can sort of come and go and bring whomever I like which is I mean I've only been there for a month so it hasn't happened but do you like that idea yeah I like the I like that I can have guests and I don't have to worry that someone else will come in and like sort of take charge of um the conversation and sort of take charge of my guest um The guy that I lived with in Chicago would do that all of the time, where if I had someone over, he would just sort of come in and, like, make the conversation all about him and his life. Like including dates? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was super awkward. It was really, really awkward.
2: That helped Ashley make the decision to live alone. But for a lot of you, living alone wasn't a choice. It was a consequence of a bigger change, often a loss, like a death or the end of a relationship.
5: My name is Walid Chantour, and I live alone.
2: Walid is 59 and has lived alone for the last seven years. He sent in this message from Ithaca, New York.
5: I left home when I was 17 and joined the Navy and lived with 350 men on a ship for four years. And then I got married. And I was married for a little over 20 years. And um, after my wife came out to me, I was quite devastated because my daughter left for college the same day that my wife moved out of the house. So all of a sudden, after all those years, I was alone. I would have to say that I was in a funk for a good part of six months to a year. And I started realizing how satisfying it was living alone. Uh, I told one friend that was considering becoming single that I personally found it intoxicating being by myself, but I never thought that the case after all the years of being with someone and being happy with being with people. I just found out that I was quite happy to be by myself.
2: Glenn Ulig and his wife separated two years ago. Now he lives by himself part of the time. He sent me an email from Elko, Nevada.
7: So this house is quiet, cricket quiet, for seven days, and then bam. A six- and eight-year-old boy back in my life. School, homework, cooking, laundry, folding, cleaning, eating, brushing
2: teeth. Glenn splits custody of his boys with their mom. One week with her, one week with him.
7: Um, Monday at school, when I drop them off, um, and I'm driving away from school, I know, I guarantee you, there's this great big sigh of, whew, you know, I'm uh it's like I'm, I'm, I, I survived. Um, <laughs> I, I really feel like I survived. There, um, there's no emergency visits. They went to school. They're, they're safe.
2: You also describe in your email the sound of, the sound of the quiet.
7: Yeah. When the boys
2: aren't there. Are there parts yeah. of that that you've been surprised that you enjoy?
7: Um, for sure. Um, you know, in the past two years, it's like the only time that I've felt like I've had time to, you know, I mean, it sounds horrible, but to maybe read a book again, you know, or sit down and, you know, I, I get about one week's worth of newspaper and that's when the boys are gone because there's so much hustle and bustle when they're there. Having that quietness, that solitude to just... Totally reboot yourself. It's something that I know that I needed to be complete. Mm-hmm. The, the, the real reason I can give 100%, 100% to my kids for that seven days is because I have seven days off or that I can make sure and set up and prepare and, and have a, a list of everything that I need to do for the next seven days.
2: Lisa Wagner is also a single
8: parent. She's fantasized about living alone since she was a teenager. I remember imagining a small cottage by the ocean. And when did you first live alone? I haven't. Why not? First, I was too young, and then I was too poor, and then I was a mother.
2: How old were you when you had your first child? Barely 22. Now Lisa's 42. She lives in Portland, and a few years ago, she got divorced. Tensions around their shared space were a major factor.
8: I felt like I worked really hard and earned a lot of money and came home to a house that wasn't really pleasant, and I was frustrated with that. The night after we had that final fight and we decided to separate, I was I couldn't sleep, and I lay in bed, and I started imagining... <laughs> how I was going to fix up the bedroom when it was just mine. And it got me through. I got rid of almost everything in it. I sanded every inch of woodwork. I caulked, I painted, I scrubbed the floor on my hands and knees and polished it. And I put in a special rack just to hang scarves on. I wear a lot of scarves. And it's just a sweet, sweet room now, and I and keep it so tidy, and I, I love going in there in the evening and laying down.
2: So when will you live by yourself?
8: Well, right now I live with my daughter. She's not going to stay with me much longer. She's almost 17. And once she's out on her own, it'll just be me for the first time. How does that feel? Quiet. (laughs) Almost too quiet. Like that feeling, you know, when you get up earlier than you usually do in the morning and the world feels like it hasn't woken up yet. It feels like that's what my house will be like. Lisa told me, if I ever fall in love again, I'll just
2: have to build a guest house. A luxurious bedroom of her own was also a dream for Arlene Pickett.
4: I had always wanted a um, feather bed duvet, and I thought it was very interesting that when I did get something for myself, that um, it involved something that provided physical pleasure.
2: Coming up, what it was like for Arlene to live alone for the first time after her husband died. (laughs) ¶¶ Earlier this year, we asked you to tell us about the ways you were experiencing new money worries because of the pandemic. And then we got some of you on the phone with financial therapist Amanda Clayman. She's here with me now. Hi, Amanda.
6: Hi, Anna. I love talking with Death, Sex and Money listeners in the spring. I'll be back soon hosting another financial therapy mini series. And this time, I want to hear from you about how money is working in your relationships or maybe not working so great. I want to hear from couples, but I'm also curious about other kinds of connections with your parents, with a roommate. Basically, we're looking for pairs of people who are interested in talking to me together. There are such important issues that come up around money when two people are involved, like fairness or control or power or caretaking. And this happens in pretty much every kind of relationship that you can imagine.
2: So if you could use some financial therapy along with someone else, record a voice memo or send an email and tell us a little bit about what's going on. You can get in touch at financialtherapy at WNYC.org. And if you missed our original series with Amanda back in the spring, you can find all those episodes at deathsexmoney.org financialtherapy. On the next episode, a story about falling in love during the pandemic over the phone.
3: You know, I hate to say romantic, but in a way it's so romantic that we mail things to each other and email, and we both kind of feel like we want to be able to, if, if we actually see each other, we want to see each other's faces, we want to hug each other, we want to not have to be cautious.
2: This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. Arlene Pickett is 72 years old and living on her own for the first time. Her husband died four years ago after a long decline. Arlene took care of him, so it was an abrupt change to be all on her own.
4: I wasn't particularly lonely, but I did feel a strong sense of, of just being by myself. Anything that I needed to do or anything that needed to be done, it was up to me to decide when and how much to spend and even to do it or not to do it. And, of course, my husband didn't didn't choose to be ill, and I did not choose to have him ill, but the demands of that really took a lot of the element of choice of what I wanted to do away from me, so it was— As the months have gone by, it's been a good feeling to have that sense of of control. Not control exactly, but sense of being in charge. Have that back. And it also sounds a little more complicated at this point
2: in your life because you also need people.
4: Yes, exactly.
2: Yes. Arlene was diagnosed with cancer in January.
4: With that came chemo. During those days, um, everything was an effort. So I was pretty good at anticipating, you know, I need three days of stuff I could just walk into the kitchen and within 90 seconds be sitting down and eating, because cooking was really—would have been very, very difficult. And then little things. I have a couple of cats, so somebody had to scoop out the litter boxes during those three days, and that was really more than I felt like doing. So it must have made you feel vulnerable in a way that you hadn't felt before in your home. yes. And I debated. I never did, but I debated when I went to bed at night, leaving the front door off the latch so that if I did need to call 911... I wouldn't need to get to the door to unlock it. Um, Part of me kind of wonders, you know, is this what it's going to be like? Am I going to be one of these elderly people you read about that's all by himself or all by herself and nobody checks in, nobody calls, and then something happens? That kind of weighs on my mind.
2: Arlene's latest cancer screening was all clear. As for the future, she says she doesn't see herself sharing her household again, but she would like what she called a reciprocal caring relationship, which is a term I love. She's
4: been doing some online dating. I didn't meet anybody that I that I absolutely did not like at all. But no one special just yet.
2: A lot of you echoed Arlene's quiet fears about safety when you're alone at home. I still
8: lock all three locks on the door every night.
6: Sometimes you do miss having somebody else in the house with you when like a scary noise happens in the middle of the night.
2: In fact, I lock them at every point in time I'm in the apartment. Sometimes
8: it's hard for me to go to bed because I just think about how easy it would be for someone to crawl up the fire escape and then kidnap me. I think about uh, the scene in Frankie and Johnny when Michelle Pfeiffer is eating alone in her apartment. And she starts choking, and she gives herself, like, the Heimlich over a chair. I realize that had I fainted and hit
2: my head on the tub, I could have been dead and found naked in the tub, alone.
0: I usually leave the door open.
2: Why do you leave the door open?
0: Well, uh, what if I call for help and they can't get in?
2: Ernie Major is 70 and has lived alone since he and his wife split and his kids left the house.
0: I live in a uh, single-wide trailer in Vallejo, California. And um I do have a few guns, and so I have a gun safe right next to where I sleep, and I'll just leave the door of that open.
3: Mm.
2: How long have you lived alone?
0: A- absolutely alone, I'd say seven or eight years, something like that. Has its upsides? Um, I was up till three last night baking, and watching tv and stuff but uh it gets very lonely and um uh, you know that's where the dogs come in do you talk to your dogs oh yeah not long conversations but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they help in the on, on my days off and stuff they need and want to go places and uh, you know it gets me out of the house and uh, they kind of lift you up
2: what were you baking last night, till 3 in the morning?
0: Uh, bread and a pie. I just got frozen stuff. And, uh, you know, baked up a of bread and uh, a blackberry pie, which I'm looking forward to. In fact, that's going to be, uh, I haven't eaten breakfast yet, so bacon and eggs and pie sounds like a balanced meal to me. Oh, <laughs>
6: A lot of it is just the lack of judgment. <laughs> uh,
2: when you live by yourself, you story. get to eat whatever and however you want. Richie Moriarty is 34. About three years ago, he was living in Massachusetts and married. And then his wife told him she was leaving.
6: This was like two weeks after the bomb was dropped and like all of this, my life was like changing. And So I,
2: two weeks after you found out your marriage was going to be over. Exactly.
6: I... I went back to work. I was, like, feeling intense financial pressure, like, being faced with divorce. I was like, ah, I got to get back to work. So I had, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping well. And there was this one day at work where before work I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I got, like, a couple of donuts. And I got home at, like, 5 p.m. and realized, like, not only have I not eaten anything all day, but I didn't even eat the donuts. So, and I I think at this point I got, like, a call from my ex and it triggered something. So I'm, like, having this, like, terrible moment And I was like, I just need to get in the shower and, like, start this day clean. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. So I grabbed a glazed donut, and I ate it in the shower. I ate a glazed donut in the shower. And I don't know if that's rock bottom or Or rock top. (laughs) It, It was bliss. It was bliss.
2: Now Richie lives in New York. He moved after the divorce to try to do some more acting and eventually moved in with his new girlfriend. That's another story I heard again and again about what happens when you no longer live alone. Something I felt as my husband Arthur and I went from long distance to living in the same space. When you live alone, time to yourself is automatic. It's not something you have to carve out.
3: It's a pretty huge deal that it's coming to an end.
2: Melissa Sorrells has lived alone for the last year. Before that, she lived with her now ex-husband, whom she'd lived with since college. Now she's engaged to be married again. And when we spoke, it was three weeks before her fiancé, Dan, was scheduled to move
3: in. I've always been, like, afraid to be alone. Um, like, I would have some anxiety about what I would do to fill my time. Um, but it turns out that's not such a problem. <laughs> I, I, I did. I managed to fill the time pretty well.
2: On a night when you're by yourself in your place, what do you do?
3: I do a lot of, like, yoga. Like, so I'll push all of the furniture, you know, to the sides, and I'll, like, stretch, which is very helpful. It's very calming. I Actually, I'm wondering how that's going to work once I am living with somebody else, because I'm not just going to be able to shove everything against the walls.
2: Have you started, since this is three weeks away that he's moving in, have you started noticing the small details that might change and feeling a little wistful? Um,
3: I don't, wistful isn't the right word. I don't, I don't think I'm going to miss it too much. Um, because he's a, he's a good sleeper. He'll sleep in on a Saturday morning and that'll, (laughs) I think that'll give me like enough of my own space. (laughs) Um, yeah, a little nervous. Like, how is this going to work? Like, if I just drop my purse on the middle of the floor, I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. I have to find a place to actually keep it.
2: <laughs> but it's neat how, when you describe his sleeping in, like, how, you, <laughs> how you're how you aware that you're going to have this time, that you get to do the things that you realize that make you feel good by yeah, yourself.
3: definitely. Yeah. And even just, like, spending a couple of hours with a book uninterrupted, like, where he's not going to be like, hey, let's make popcorn or let's hey, pay attention to me. I'm here. I'm a human. It'll it'll be good to, like, I know that I'll have a couple of hours. That makes me sound horrible, doesn't it?
2: No. <laughs> um,
3: it's definitely something I value a lot. Um, and I don't know if I realized how much I valued it because my ex-husband, he was he worked nights a lot of the time and he did work long weekends. So I didn't, it was always just something that made me feel so anxious. I never realized how important it was to have my own Quiet time, my own space.
2: Yeah, instead of an absence now, it feels like a, a, a gift. Yes, exactly. Melissa and Dan moved in together not long after we talked. But when we reached out to Melissa to let her know that we were re-airing this episode, she told us that Dan moved out about five months ago. I am back to living alone, she wrote us. Becoming suddenly single during a global pandemic has definitely been strange but it's forced me to sink into living alone, experience it fully and without flinching. And I find that I'm happier and more hopeful every day. Melissa, this song goes out to you.
3: I'm a one-ticket gal, I'm as free as the breeze. I go where I like and I do what I please. You can
2: find updates from several of the people we talked to in this episode in this week's Death, Sex, and Money newsletter. Find it and sign up by going to deathsexmoney.org slash newsletter. Death, Sex, and Money is a production of WNYC Studios in New York. This episode was produced by Katie Bishop. The rest of our team includes Annabelle Bacon, Afi Yellow Duke, Emily Botine, and Andrew Dunn. Thank you to Chris Bannon and Bill Moss for their work on this episode. And a big thank you to Greg Young at Sony and Sean Patrick Flavin at Warner Chapel Music for the use of this song. And to Tristan Angel-Reese for recommending it. It is a Sondheim song from Liza Minnelli's Live from Radio City Music Hall album, and it is made for blasting when you're home alone. The Reverend John DeLore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Money. Find us and follow us there.